0: I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and let's get this party started. Mm. Time for the Jack Riccardi Show.
1: It's live. That's right. Kicking into the Super Bowl weekend. All right, so first of all, Mr. Blood, I'm giving you one more chance. Are you locking in the KC pick? You still good with that? You know,
0: I am, although I was having a talk today with uh, one of the colleagues down the hall, and I can acknowledge... The Philadelphia might be a little bit more complete team.
1: The Chiefs. That's def- hard for you to say. Wait a minute now. Hold on. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. The history of you talking about Philadelphia, mm-hmm. that had to be hard to say.
0: Mm-hmm. Plus, having come from mid Missouri, I'm pretty familiar with the Chiefs. And right. while they're fantastic on offense, the defense is a little suspect. Yeah. Yeah. So. Even earlier today, two or three hours ago, I'm thinking, man, are you sure? But Jack, I've gone no. public with it, so I'm going. You hard. have.
1: You yeah. have. That's what we do. We put you on the record, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, but, right. but, you know, it, honestly, honestly, the way I look at it, I'm picking Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs, but yeah, on paper, it's not like the, it's not like he'll be ashamed if he doesn't win this game. I mean, no. if he shows up and plays well and loses to the Eagles, he will have lost to a very complete team, a team that has been built around uh, Jalen Hurts team has much improved from just a year ago. So I, I, not to take away from, from either of these, uh, teams. Now, how are you? Are you a halftime watch the show kind of guy or do you nope. not pay any attention to it? You're not? Nope. Couldn't care less? Nope. I
0: couldn't care less. I, I've watched, I've seen a number. Now, when the Cowboys were last in Super Bowls, I remember those shows pretty well, but usually, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm watching the game, I mean, chances are, Jack, it's not a show I care anything about.
1: Mm. Yeah, I didn't have you pegged for a a guy that listened to a lot of Beyonce. No. Just a hunch that I had about you. but But see, the thing about Beyonce that people have to understand is it's not whether you're a fan of hers or not. It's that the halftime show has to be somebody that does, like, a big show. Yep. She's a big fill the stage, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. It's a spectacle. She's a performer. I mean, you, if you went to a Beyonce concert, even if you weren't a fan, if you've never heard of her songs, you would have a good time because she puts on a show. Probably. And that's the kind of people they need. A few years ago, we, just for fun, we went through the list of all the Super Bowl halftime shows. And, you know, for many years, in the early years, it was just the, like a marching band. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then at one point, the Super Bowl halftime show was Carol Channing. And one year it was George Burns. George Burns, really? I mean, yes. I mean, it, and then all of a sudden, like in the mid '80s, it yeah. kicked into you know the biggest pop stars, the biggest bands, legendary acts. But yeah, for a while there, you you could you weren't missing much.
0: What I couldn't figure out is, in 2010, Dallas hosted the Super Bowl for the first time, right? Yeah, that's not that long ago, 13 years ago. Do hmm. you remember the halftime show
1: for that Super Bowl? Gah. Um, like if you, th- so this would have been, you said it was 10 years ago? No, 2010. Tw- oh, 2010. This was Green Bay, right.
0: Pittsburgh. Real I, cold.
1: I can't, um, I can't, I can't okay, remember. For, no.
0: Forget the question. Who would you think would be a really cool Super Bowl show in Dallas, Texas? Just, just,
1: Toss out a name? I would think maybe, you know, a country act, maybe a like George maybe Strait. Garth or Brooks, maybe. Garth Brooks, yeah. You know who it was? No. The Black Eyed Peas. I do remember the Black Eyed Peas. Okay. <laughs> like, what? That does seem <laughs> random. Yeah, that yeah, does seem random. Pretty lame. But they had some random choices. I mean, the year they had The Who, that seemed random. But um, it's The Who. That's not The Black Eyed yeah, Peas. You but, know? but The Who is not. An American band, and that's true. I don't know what the connection is to the, the, you know, if you get a Shania Twain in there, if you get a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a Janet Jackson in there, you, you're talking, now you're talking about people that are, you know, made in America, right? But I, I don't know. Um, what about Death of these Metallica? I, 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 I could see that. I could see that. Uh, you know, uh, but I, but again, it's not, you, what you understand, it's not aimed at the NFL, like, fan, demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's aimed at the people that are held hostage to the Super Bowl by their boyfriends or girlfriends or husbands or wives or family, yeah. and it just gives them something to watch. So yeah. anyway, we'll talk about all that coming up a little bit later on. If you haven't heard, if you haven't heard, um, first of all, we are live. I, I alluded yesterday to the fact that parts of our show would be on tape today because I really thought it would be, but we're all live. The whole show's live. If it goes bad, we may go to tape, but it's live now. No, um, we've shot down another object. Biden is really channeling uh, Bill Pullman from Independence Day at this point, isn't he? I think he is. Um, all of a sudden, we went from we went from letting the 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 200-foot balloon drift over the entire interior of the United States for a week to an object about the size of a subcompact car that was approaching Alaska got shot down. And uh, so you know that they're feeling the heat. You know that the, the reaction to this one probably has something to do with the the total screw-up of the other one. Um, and uh, this comes right after, just, just I think yesterday, actually yesterday and the day before, uh, Biden had done interviews, he did one with PBS and he did one with Telemundo, where he said that Um, He thinks he he did fine with the first balloon. Um, And now that we have found out it was equipped with antennas and it was communicating in real time, he still feels like he did a good job and uh, made a wise decision and handled it just great. Well, then why did he shoot this one down before it even got here, right? And then we mentioned this yesterday. Uh, The Senate is uh, getting closed-door testimony that allegedly according to the Washington Times and Fox News, uh, reveals that there's some Western and even American technology on board the thing that we shot down off of uh, South Carolina. So what we don't know greatly outweighs what we do know about this whole thing. Have there been lots of surveillance craft transiting the United States over the years, or just one um what, what was the policy before what did presidents know about it is it possible it was happening under Trump and they weren't telling Trump um and, and and you know i also wonder it's hard for me to imagine that the federal government of this country whether it's democrats or republicans really can take a a free unfettered they are an enemy view of China when China has so beholden so many politicians, not just the guy we have now, but there are so many. China, in a way, is like Saudi Arabia, only much more powerful. But, but you know, when you listen to politicians talk about Saudi Arabia, it's distorted. It's distorted by all that Saudi money by all of that influence buying, by all of the incestuous relationships and the oil and the whole thing. And so with China, I, I, I don't know if we have very many people at the top that I know they see it clearly. I don't think they say it clearly. This is not just a competitor. This is an adversary. This is a country that, that trains and drills and practices for what it believes is an inevitable war with the United States. And so what do we know about this? More importantly, what do they know about it? 210-599-5555. All right, so we also now know that Mike Pence, uh, the former vice president, has been subpoenaed by the special counsel overseeing um, the Trump investigation. When I first heard this, I thought it might have something to do with the documents that Pence had, but it actually turns out to be about The investigation into Trump and, um, this is interesting. Pence is said to be, uh, cooperating. And I don't see why he wouldn't, because, um, if Mike Pence actually thinks he can run for president, and I don't really see a path there, but if he, if he thinks he can, um, from everything we know about Mike Pence, um, and whatever case he's going to make as a candidate. I I think a big part of how he has to run for president is he has to say, look, I'm the guy that Donald Trump trusted more than anybody else to be his vice president, but I'm also the guy who on January 6th knew what was in the Constitution, knew what I had to do, did it. Um, and, And if this is a reminder of all that, I guess that's to his advantage. Again, we'll see how it plays out. You know, whenever they bring up the, well, Pence had documents and Trump had documents and, and Biden has documents, um, and they talk about it in the media as if these are all the same, the X factor is really, in my view, that Joe Biden, A, has documents from way, 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 way back, like the 70s. And B, he has Hunter. Hunter Biden is the X factor. If Hunter Biden had access to those documents, if he was using them to impress his cronies or enrich himself and his family, that's a bigger deal. And um the likelihood that he did that is getting higher. And of course, we've talked about the email where he... uh brags about all the inside info and intel that he has about Ukraine and it 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 now that we know about the documents it sure sounds like he got that from some pretty uh high up sources. So we'll talk about that today. Remember when during COVID the justification the, the overarching justification for everything that was shut down, closed, banned was that we we mustn't Overwhelm the hospital system, even more than we don't want people to get COVID. The real, real danger they told us was that the hospital systems in major cities would collapse. They would be overwhelmed with COVID patients, and we we, we would have a this nightmare. You know, we'd have bodies stacked in the hallways, and remember there was all this talk about oh we're going to have uh, you know cadaver trucks uh, you know idling in the parking lot and all this stuff. So everything they did. To you, to all of us, every business that was destroyed, every job that was lost, all of the personal as well as economic destruction, everything was justified. The violation of our rights was justified by the importance of making sure the hospitals were not overwhelmed. They pulled out all the stops, right? So there's a hospital in Yuma, Arizona. It's called Arizona Regional Medical Center. The president and CEO of that hospital says his hospital is on the brink of collapse. The biggest hospital in Yuma, Arizona is on the brink of collapse, according to its president and CEO, because he says we've provided over $20 million in uncompensated care to illegal immigrants crossing the border. And when we've asked government for help We've had the door slammed in our face. We don't have any paying source. We don't have a source of revenue. We've provided 20 million in care that's not going to be reimbursed. Quote, it's not a sustainable model to have these continued rising expenses without a revenue source to offset that. Now, I'm curious. I'm curious. If the sustainability of hospitals, if the, if it's really important not to have hospitals collapse, why aren't they pulling out all the stops to make sure this doesn't happen now? Here's the, this isn't somebody's opinion. This is the CEO of the hospital system saying we can't do it. We're at the breaking point. Where are all these politicians? Where are all these extreme sweeping orders, and draconian measures? You and I were told a few years ago there would be nothing worse and the hospital's being overwhelmed. Nothing, nothing could be worse than that. It's too bad about your rights. Too bad about your church. Too bad about your kids. We've got to make sure the hospitals can withstand this. I, I'm not hearing that now. I'll bet it's not the only hospital that's going through that either. I bet if you checked at major medical centers along the border, and in border states rather, I bet it's not the only one. It's funny how we're not hearing the same panic and urgency. And I want to say thank you. We had, a, we had a, a lot of wonderful emails about the Burt Backrack thing from last night. And some people said you should replay that. And I don't think we will replay it on the radio, but it is in the podcast from yesterday's show. So if you go to the February 9th episode, it's in there. You can have it. You can share it. But thank you. I I won't read the emails because I don't think there's anything more pathetic than a talk show host reading out loud positive emails. Like who wants to hear that? Right. But thank you for them. I got them. I appreciate every one of them. Um, I, I'm glad you liked it. We worked hard on it. We're proud of it. And, um, you know, it's more fun to read the, it's more fun to read the hate mail really than the, than the, we loved it emails. You're great. Have you seen, you know, ads are always a big thing with the Super Bowl, but have you seen these um, He Gets Us ads? Do you know what I'm talking about? They're not Super Bowl ads per se, but they are going to run during the Super Bowl. They've been running for, I guess, a couple of years now. There's a big ad campaign uh, called He Gets Us. And they're uh, kind of like a very soft version of evangelism, but very soft. The ads, if you haven't seen them, uh, typically uh they kind of sneak up on you with the Jesus message. They talk about modern-day circumstances. They relate modern-day phenomena, and then they basically say, and you know, Jesus had to go through that too, or that happened with him too, or that's what people said about him too. So um, they're marketing the idea that um, he he was one of us, and we are living experiences that he lived. And these ads have been kind of controversial, but probably will get more so because now with the Super Bowl and you know tens of millions of people watching, probably a lot more people will see them. It's a big ad campaign. It's hundreds of millions of dollars. And there's websites and billboards and other things that that connect to it. So what do you think of that? What do you think about marketing Jesus? And I, as somebody that's not uncomfortable talking about religion, every time I would see one of these ads, it would make me uncomfortable. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about faith. We talk about it on this show. I don't hide it. But these ads made me uncomfortable. They still do. And it took me a while to figure out why. I mean, they're well put together. They're slick. And what I finally realized was this ad campaign is really only telling half the story. The Jesus of this ad campaign is just a cool guy that once lived and can relate to our problems. And not to get into theology, but Jesus Christ was also God on earth. He wasn't just a guy that, boy, you would have really liked this guy, or it's too bad you couldn't have hung out with him. And so it it presents him as much less, I think, than he is. I don't know why. I don't know what their goal is. I'm not, I don't have a conspiracy theory about it. But the implication of the ad is that people that follow Jesus have him all wrong or they don't really get him. He was just like us. And it's a very modern day, like, it's, it's what a lot of churches are doing with their services and what a lot of churches are doing with their theology hey it's just you know no big deal man you know casual and and i i don't think that's telling people what they want to hear about christianity is not christianity (laughs) christianity is telling people what they don't want to hear and challenging people in the culture to understand that no matter what's changing around us, these things that that the that the religion is, is based on, that faith and following him is based on, these are things that don't change. So I would be fine with it, I guess, if they were doing the whole story, but they're really only doing half the story. And it winds up reducing him he gets us to almost like just this kind of inspirational guru kind of guy you know he said some cool things he did some cool things um does that lead people to faith does that lead people away from faith is it is it kind of smarmy maybe you have a different take on it maybe you're just really glad that it's 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 right in the open where everybody can see it and hey jack you know any any port in a storm any every little bit helps If it leads people, good. If it, if it encourages them to seek, uh, you know, a faith community or crack open a Bible or Google Jesus Christ, good. But they make me uncomfortable. There, there's something, there's something wrong with them. And that's what I think is wrong with them. But I want to hear from you. Trey Ware's fifth annual drive to end hunger is underway. Go to ktsa.com right now. You can make a cash donation. Uh, the food bank. Biggest need right now is cash. And with their buying power, your dollars go much further. A dollar, one dollar, feeds seven people. It's presented by Stevens Roofing and in part by Airtron Heating and Air, Roof Fix, and the Institute for Functional Health, KTSA.com. So all churches do some marketing. There's nothing wrong or tawdry about trying to reach people and tell them what you're doing. I mean, if you're a church... If you're a religious community, if you're a faith community, you want to let people know you're there. You have a sign in front of your church or you have a board that announces the weekly sermon or you do outreach or you do a, a an email blast or you have social media. So it's, it's all marketing. When the when the, you know, the people go door to door and want to talk to you about, you know, are you saved? That's marketing in a way of a kind. But the problem, I think, with the he gets us ads is I don't think it's accurate marketing. Because it presents Jesus as if he's a really inspiring guy. And boy, you would have loved to have known him. And he went through some cool things, and he had some cool responses to it. He's a moral example. He set a good example. But the world is full of people that are doing that. We can find people in our own city. We can find people in our own circle of friends or associates that are, that are like that, that fit that description, but they're not the savior. Right? He was the son of God. And I don't know, maybe I've not seen all the ads, but the ones I've seen make no mention of that. There's never any mention of divinity. And some of the ads hint, and, and the, there was an interview with the, with the, the, uh, the marketing guy, and they were saying, well, we're trying to save the idea of Jesus from the clutches of people that use Christianity to harm others. And that set up a warning flag for me. That's a warning flag, because this is an old, kind of an old saw. This is an old trope, as they call it, where if you Speak the truth about Christ, and you hold to those beliefs, no matter what's going on around you. That makes you a judgmental person. Now you're not. In fact, you're being judged. You're not a judgmental person, but, but that that makes you the bad guy. So when they're when the when the guy that, that that's running this says we're trying to rescue. Uh, him from those who use it to harm and divide. I think what he says is we're, we're trying to sand off the rough edges. We're trying to imply that, you know, he, he'd be okay with, you know, whatever you're doing, as long as you're not hurting anybody, he's cool with it. He'd be cool with it. That's not, that's not what we believe. That's not what we have taught for 2000 years. That's not what the biggest faith system in the world is based on. So, I, again, it's a free country and they can, they, they buy the ads, they can run the ads, but they're very, um, to me, they're very off putting. There's something just kind of, kind of greasy about them. And I, I wonder if they are actually leading people away from the truth, not leading people to the truth. Yes, he was a human being but he was and is also fully God. That's the other half of this. That's the the important half of this. I I believe he gets us. I believe that. But I'm not sure these people get him. And I'm worried that the people that watch this ad might not get him. Tell me your thoughts. 210-599-5555. By the way, the uh, prices for 30-second ads... In the Super Bowl are uh, about six and a half to seven million dollars, and the ads were strong, according to uh, where was I reading this? Um, Fortune. Super Bowl ad sales were strong. Companies want to be um, on the Super Bowl. I really do wonder um, what the wokeness factor will be like, you probably have already thought of this, but we're still in the, we're still at peak wokeness, right? So I, I'm sure there's going to be, I'm sure when we reconvene on Monday, there's going to be some ads that just made you want to tear your fingernails off, you know, but um, there's more and more evidence and there's even some surveys that people are starting to differentiate about companies that market or position themselves as woke, but not in the way those companies wanted. Uh, More and more people, in fact, here's a survey that was done by the Trafalgar Group, and they found that 77% of Democrats and 79% of Republicans uh, prefer that the companies from which they buy be politically neutral. That's very interesting. You don't find many surveys where Republicans and Democrats give the same answer or in the same percentages. So they're not saying, I want, I want to find a company that's, that, that's conservative or a company that fits my, they, they just would like the company not to enter the arena of the culture war, not to enter the arena of the election or, or whatever the issue is. And I thought it was interesting. I read an article about Disney. It's a huge company, and of course, they do many, many different things. And I'm, I'm sort of encapsulating this. I'm, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. But basically, Disney's had a mixed economic performance. Their parks have performed phenomenally over the last year, but their product has underperformed. It's missed its earning uh, predictions. And the parks are probably still more of what people associate with Disney, like the experience. But the products are unwatchable. So politically charged and programmed and precise and, and, um, you know, self-consciously woke that people are turning them off. Disney Plus is hurting for subscribers. So it's interesting. The parts of their business that are less, I guess, infected by this are doing better than the parts of their business that are totally infected by it. I wonder if they figure that out. 210-599-5555. All right, so the Super Bowl ads, in particular the He Gets Us ads, talking a little bit about that coming up here on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Uh, Esteban is on the radio. Esteban, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. I'm curious who is paying for those ads. Uh, you know, I have a lot of unbelieving family members. There's passages that basically get to the he gets the same, which my non-believing family members find repulsive. And you're right about it only being half the story because I can think of a d- discussion I had with the fellow believer who – endured the same thing I, I endured the night of a, a certain individual was punished for capital murder. And the fact that she had endured a horrible death of a classmate made her words about my bad attitude very more, a whole lot more powerful. She sympathized with my pain, but she also pointed very steadfastly to where I was wrong. And so, like I said, I'm curious about who's paying for those ads. hmm I hope to have I hope those ads spur some discussions with non-believers about them in my life.
1: Well, I almost think when you look at the ad, um there's no issue of being a non-believer. You're not asked to believe anything. Yeah. You know, you're just told that um there was once this guy who and I'm sorry to say it that way and I don't mean any disrespect, but that's how it comes across to me. There was this guy once, you didn't know him, he was way before your time, uh but he um He was all about peace and justice and tolerance and people were really mean to him and, and, uh, you know, he absorbed it all. But how do you tell that without explaining why? He wasn't just a, he wasn't just a nice guy. I mean, that, that's, that's a real slap in the face to what we know and what we believe. And, 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 and so I don't think there's any belief in this ad campaign. There's nothing that says faith. There's, there's a lot that says, um, you know, this is appealing. You'll, you'll like the sound of this. You'll feel good about yourself. And I'm not implying that, that true faith is designed to make you feel bad about yourself. But when you come to him, you have to face all the things you've failed at, all the things you've done wrong, all the ways you've come up short. I have to, you have to, we all have to. And we've all done those things. So it isn't all fun and games. And it is unchanging. There's no such thing as if Jesus was alive today, he, no, that, that, this can't be a changeable teaching or belief system where it means nothing. You know, if it changes with the centuries or changes with the times, then it means nothing. 210 599 5555. So I'm, I'm, it took me a while. Maybe I'm slow, but I would see these ads and I would think, I don't know. There's something wrong here, or I I am getting a weird feeling about this. They're very slick. And then I and then I started to realize, well, yeah, but they're they're missing not only half the story, but the most important half of it. Art is on five fifty and one oh seven one KTSA. Art, good afternoon.
3: Hey Jack. Uh, God bless you, sir. And
1: Art are you Hello. are you there, Art?
3: Yeah, yes, I'm here. I'm sorry.
1: You kind of dropped out. I mean, I after God bless you, I, I, I lost
2: you.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, you know, and unfortunately, I feel that, that, you know, the church has done a bad job of representing who really Jesus was in his ministry, you know, and uh, because the message, you know, has been kind of watered down a little bit, and you don't really hear much scripture now, you know, in church. And,
1: uh, I don't know. I hear, I hear scripture when I go to church. I, what I, what I hear when I go to church is not what I see in these ads. What I, what I, what I hear when I go to church is that God took human form and, and knew from the beginning that he would, he would die. And so he lived a life that was intentionally short and harsh, but was Mm -hmm. to, uh, gather us, set an example for us. Demonstrate our forgive, our being forgiven and then re- and then, and then leave us to come back again someday. Th- that is, that is not hard to tell in a 60 second television commercial, but none of that is mentioned or referenced in these commercials.
3: Right. Right. And, and I just
1: wonder bad. what, what are they trying to get people to do? What is the point of these ads? Is it to think of him not as God? Is that, is that the point of it? That's pretty diabolical if that's what they're doing
3: yeah I'm with you one hundred percent, and I think that's part of the the deception you know they're just trying to tell somebody a certain thing and people are going to run with it you know and believe that for the rest of their life because they're never going to really open up that book or you know talk to someone who really knows you know
1: yeah all right. I appreciate the call among the. Multi million dollar ads that will run during Super Bowl 57 will be ads for an ad campaign that's been going on, I think, for about a year, maybe more, called He Gets Us. We're talking about that. Laura is on KTSA. Hi, Laura.
4: Hi. Yeah, I came in on the conversation, but I have to say I, I totally agree with your assessment. I haven't talked to. It- I've been mulling it over in my own mind. And to me, the conclusion I came to was just more wokeism in the American church. Um, you know, it just seems like the whole gist of the ad is you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets us, you know, don't worry about it. He, he's good. We're good. You know, it's a very mediocre, mediocre um, uh,
1: sort well, of is it Well, is it that they don't, I mean, are they just making a mistake or is it intentional that's what i worry about that is, is this oh, an intentional I, I, way of I mean, of leading people away from him
4: i think it's both a mistake and intentional i think it's wrong but i think that they're intentionally doing it because i want i think that they feel that they need to have a broader appeal and uh you know sort of the big tent church but you know Jesus Christ was very clear um, in expressing the fact that there are two ways one's very broad and one's very narrow
1: right.
2: and it just seems right. to
4: me that they're presenting a very broad way here
1: I think that's well put uh, that's, a, that's a really good simple way to say it Laura, thank you, thank you for the call I heard an interesting point made about this uh, Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes, Kurt Warner was on ESPN this morning and he was saying that um, the real demarcation line is when a guy goes to more than one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very interesting. He says, you know, a lot of people make it once. I mean, yep. look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But you when you start going, and, and, and his point was, look at Mahomes is now in his third one mm-hmm. in five years as a starter. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so they were interviewing Deion Sanders on another uh Program that I watched and, uh, you know, cause everybody's talking to him about his coaching future in Colorado. And he said something about Tom Brady that I had not thought of. They asked him if anybody will ever match Brady's ring total. And Deion Sanders said, no. And he said, the reason is because Tom Brady at the height of his career worked with his team, took less money, enabling them to acquire offensive weapons and role players, playmakers, and that made the team better. But Brady left money on the table to do that. He did it more than once. Mm -hmm. And uh, his point, Dion's point was this culture wants every dang dime they can get, and you have to sacrifice things to be in the position he was in, and I don't think you will see anybody do that. I don't
0: know if I agree with that. If you've seen it once, then you could Dirk Nowitzki did it in Dallas and won a title. Mm-hmm. So it's different not like sport, it's though. well. It is. It is, and and football is a bit different because you know you you just don't know how long you're going to play that game. So you, I mean, Dion, might you be might right, see it, but you also but, there's
1: a lot of teams that are already that, that are that are mediocre teams that are mm-hmm. over the salary cap. Oh yeah. Way over it. Yeah. And you think to yourself if you're if if this bunch that you have that just finished, you know, 6 and 11 is over the salary cap, how is this ever going to happen? They're they're We're just overpaying for quarterbacks, I think. Well, how about that? Well, they are. But how about this?
0: Let's fast forward hypothetically 6 or 7 years. Let's say Patrick Mahomes by that time has four or five Super Bowls before he's been in the league ten, eleven years, then he might be in the market mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I'm in striking distance. Mm-hmm. I've been paid five hundred what mm-hmm. half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna depend on whether or not a quarterback like like maybe Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, that's only two that I could see right now that look like they could be an eminent threat in a decade. Mm-hmm. They might mm-hmm. do that. They might be mm-hmm. they might have a hot model wife also. <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: Way to bring that in. No, oh, yeah. I I mean, I, you're right. I mean, anything can happen, and if it's happened once, it can happen again. I do think his point is that when you look at the way agents are acting, when you look at kind of the mindset now, mm-hmm. it's just, um, you know, Brady's from another era. I mean, I thought it was funny they were making the point that Tom Brady was the last active uh, member of the Montreal Expos organization to retire from sports. I thought that, that was <laughs> That was a hilarious point because he was drafted by the Expos, uh, which don't even exist wow. anymore. Yeah. When he, wow. so when he retired, he was the last guy left who had ever been on an Expos roster. That's an
0: excellent trivia question. I didn't know that. There you go. I watched too <laughs> much sports great. television. Yeah, All right.
1: Well, we learned something else new today. Um, and I'm not a big, I'm not really a big Star Wars guy. So forgive me if maybe you already knew this or I, I I'm just going to be the messenger. Okay. And you can tell me what you think. But we've learned that, um, Luke Skywalker is gay. The Luke Skywalker character in the Star Wars franchise is now, um, considered to be and is officially listed as an LGBTQ character. And again, I, I, I'm not, I'm not up on all the details. I've seen the Star Wars movies most of them once. I'm not a, a huge fan. There's probably a lot of people who know a lot more about it than I do. And I'm not going to pretend I care. In fact, my reaction to this is pretty much that it's kind of boring. You know? I mean, if you had this what, what was the first Star Wars movie? 1977, 76, 77 something like that. Okay. Let's say it was 77. If you come out with a movie in 1977 and the lead character, the protagonist of the movie is gay, that's, that's brave. I mean, that's, that is, that's sticking it out there. That's, that's taking a chance. I I don't mean brave, but you know what I mean? That's, that's taking a risk. That's bold. People weren't, people weren't making big franchise movies with lead protagonist characters were gay in 1977 but in 2023 boring everybody's doing it and this is that idea that disney and other companies have been captured by that films have to be about representation okay so when you make a movie you're not casting the characters in the story or the people that um, have roles in the story you're telling. When you make a movie, it's like the United Nations. There has to be, or, 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 or maybe Noah's Ark, <laughs> there, has to be, there has to be one or two of everything in your movie. It doesn't matter if that fits the plot. It doesn't matter if that was in the book or the screenplay. It doesn't matter if that's what happened historically, if you're telling a, a story based on real events. You have to, you have to get the total represent, you gotta check all the boxes. You gotta make a big list. And then you gotta make sure that you check everything on the list. And I don't think that would necessarily always be hard to do, but I'll bet it would be hard to do in some cases. Because if you're telling a story that's based on historical fact, and now all of a sudden you have to integrate the military at a time when it wasn't integrated, that's not going to work. Or if you're going to tell the story of the first astronauts, but now you're going to make some of them women, that's not going to work. I understand Star Wars is fictional. So they can't be accused of rewriting history, but I guess they're rewriting their own saga or am I missing something? Did, did people, when they were watching this movie, like already know that? I, I, I don't remember getting that. That <laughs> it, My gaydar didn't ping when I watched Star Wars. Of course, I was 11 or something. But 210 um, 599 And And again, it's not that it's important. It's that it's sort of sad it It feels sort of late to the party, you know, oh wait, we're look, we're over here, look what we're doing, you know for crying out loud i mean i, I if you want if you want to create new characters and new storylines and it, okay, I get it, I get the times we're in i get I get that's what they've decided to do, as I mentioned earlier, it looks like that isn't working very well from a business standpoint. But if they want to set their money on fire, they can do it. But there's just something kind of sad and pathetic about going back to a 40 plus year old movie. What's it? 46 years old and saying, Oh, well, now we've decided <laughs> next time you watch it, bear in mind. I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon about the, the Burt Backrack uh, segment that we did last night. Cause I said we got emails and people loved it. There, there, there is a guy that hated it. There is a guy that hated it. Uh, I got an email. The subject line was, You are disgusting and I, this guy goes on this long tear about how uh the, he he listened with disgust and uh the show was just awful i should be ashamed of myself so it's okay we're we're happy with it we know a lot of people were appreciate all the we really do appreciate all the emails but you see why i like to read those kind more uh, on the air i like to read those kind more than that you know the, the hearts and flowers um So yeah, the thing about Luke Skywalker, I'm not, I'm not bashing anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm merely making the point as a casual moviegoer. Um, it isn't a wow factor anymore. If there's a gay character, a gay superhero, a gay, what that, that lost its, its wowism a long time ago. Okay. That is a very well represented lifestyle in movies and television now. So it's hilarious and pathetic that Disney would now try to say, oh well, just so everybody know, you know, like it's almost like they put out like a like a viewer's guide. Hey everybody, just so you know, Luke Skywalker's gay. Luke Skywalker's not real. So So you know. Anyway, two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five there is something so absurd about so much of this wokest behavior that I think it carries within it the seeds of its own eventual demise. It's just very hard to take this whole thing seriously. So if you were to say to me, well, is it, isn't it better, Jack, that, that when we make movies or television shows that we have diversity in the cast, I would say yes, it is better. Isn't it better that Actors of of different ethnic and racial uh, origins have more of an opportunity to work. Yes, I think that's better. Okay, But you can do that without constantly patting yourself on the back and preening about it. That's the part that's absurd. That's the part that makes people want to throw up. I was reading a story today about a, this is a university, Eastern Washington University, They posted for custodial positions, custodians. And the custodian postings include diversity, equity, and inclusion requirements. To apply to be a janitor at Eastern Washington University, you have to submit a diversity survey. So in addition to, you know, doing custodial and housekeeping and maintenance functions. It says, um, we are interested in how your qualifications prepare you to work with a diverse faculty, staff, and student populations representing various cultures and backgrounds that may be different from your own. You'll be asked to attach a diversity response as part of the online application process. Please describe how you will apply an approach that is supportive to the diversive needs. I I don't, if you're mopping the floor or cleaning an office or emptying the trash or, isn't that the same no matter who was in that space before you? Well, how, how is that a diversity thing? I mean, when you take it down to this level Uh, Now I don't think you really care about diversity. Now I think you're just kind of posing. And I'm sure people will do it because, look, if you want a job, and I'll be honest, if I wanted a job and they made me jump through hoops or I had to put on a dog and pony show, yeah, I'll do it because I want the job. But I think it's silly. And I'm sure everybody involved deep down knows Mopping, vacuuming, waxing a floor, emptying trash can It's the same no matter for whom you're doing it, right? You you, you empty that trash can it's the same no matter who's who threw stuff in it. two hundred ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Um I read something today I didn't know. Maybe you knew this. You know, you you heard the story about how Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania went into the hospital. He was at a meeting and he got lightheaded. This is the 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 man that had the stroke last year as he was campaigning for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Wound up getting the Democratic nomination, even though he had a stroke, then winning the general election against Doctor Oz. And you'll remember they had one debate, and it was pretty rocky. But the Fetterman people kept saying he's getting better. He's improving. And look, uh, after the election, he took a nice long rest and now he's fresh and ready to go and assume his duties in Washington DC. Well, in a few weeks in, he, he had to go back to the hospital. So I'm reading this article about it and I'm glad he's okay. By the way, he just got out of the hospital this afternoon and I'm glad to hear that, but it says that. And I did not know this. I don't know if you knew this. When he, when people talk, he hears that voice of the teacher from the Peanuts cartoon. Now he is saying this. I'm not making this up, or this isn't somebody's analysis. Remember in the Peanuts cartoons, that's how voices sound to him. He carries around a close captioning tablet. They've wired in closed cab- captioning tablets in his Senate office, and there's now even closed captioning in the Senate chamber that other senators are learning to work with, so they can communicate with John Fetterman. Which is fine. I- I'm not. I'm not knocking accommodation, but did people know that when they voted for him? I don't. I don't remember ever hearing that. And you'll recall that when any issue was raised about his health, it got swatted down with a, well, you're you're just uh, hating on or you're just bashing disabled people, which was weird because in the same breath, they were saying, he's not disabled, he's fine, he can do the job. So I think they got him in by hiding a fairly important component of his post-stroke condition. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised that that would work for Fetterman's election because we certainly didn't know fully uh how bad the current president of the United States was, and a lot of people voted for him I think without really knowing what they were getting. And and I think that happened here too. I don't think that I, I'm I'm quite sure they did not want us the, the the campaign did not want us to understand the full depth of of Fetterman's issues. They downplayed it. They said he'd be much better by the time he assumed office. He said that as well. Um, but he literally is, he cannot comprehend spoken word. Is that, you know, is that the end of the world? Is that a, a national security emergency? No, of course not. Have other people been elected to office masking or hiding? infirmities yes it's happened all through our history it's not new it's not the first time it's happened um but it it this was a very um skillful deception it was a, about an election that really could have gone either way it was close and you may also remember that the senate wound up being decided by a single uh, democratic seat So this one is pretty important, even though it's by no means unprecedented. You've waited all week. You've been waiting. Monday, you got through
5: it Tuesday, you got through it Wednesday, you started to smell it Thursday, you were right on top of it, and now it's here! It's Friday! It's time to rock and roll! Break out the speakers! Blow your car's engine up! Get home, get to your stuff, and get ready to rock because it's Friday! Whoa, oh,
1: Jack Riccardi Show. We're here Monday through Friday from 4 to 7, live on KTSA Radio, but also available as a podcast anytime. So you can catch up on us on the weekends or later at night or if it's easier to listen in the morning, go to KTSA.com, pull down the on-demand menu, or look for the Jack Riccardi Show wherever, else, wherever you like to get your other uh, podcasts. And hopefully you will find us. So I see where Michael Irvin is uh, suing is it the Renaissance hotels? I think uh you know he's been pulled off of ESPN and NFL Network's Super Bowl coverage because a woman said she had a an encounter with him, a verbal encounter with him that was inappropriate, and uh, so now he's suing the hotel uh chain for uh damaging him. It's also a woman suing American Idol. Have you heard this? There was a woman that was on American Idol. She, she tried out, and uh, she didn't win. But she participated and uh, had her run, made her run. Her name is Normandy Vamos. And uh, she's suing them because they didn't pay her. She says contestants were treated as employees but not paid sometimes working 15 hours a day with few breaks. Um, and as far as she's concerned, she should have been classified as an employee. She was not a volunteer. And under California law, you have to pay employees. That is, of course, ridiculous because <laughs> American Idol is an audition I mean, yes, it's work. It's just like practicing is work, but you don't get paid for practicing. Um, auditioning is work. It's effort. It's you, you sweat. You strain. but It's an audition. What part of that would you not understand? How is it that hundreds of other people, if not thousands of other people, have gone through this, but only Normandy had the the, the legal brilliance to go, wait a minute, I need to get paid. Of course, of course you do. I'm amazed by how many people, and I know this is not exactly the same thing, but but it's related. I am blown away by how many people think internships should be paid. Now, I had internships when I was coming up in the business, and there's internships in all kinds of businesses or apprenticeships. And of course, you do work. Um, Sometimes you work really hard. Sometimes you don't only work, you also watch. But there's work. And sometimes interns get kind of drudgery work or menial tasks. The pay, (laughs) you have to explain this, the pay is... The experience. What you're getting is not a paycheck, but it's a body of experience. It's exposure to the thing that you are going to maybe do with your life, the career you're going to pursue, the field you're going to be in. That's the pay. It is not, I mean, I know there are paid internships, and I'm not saying, I mean, if you want to pay interns, that's fine. That should not be the expectation. Well, how am I supposed to support myself? You're, you're not. You're not. You, you, you're supposed to also have a job or live with your parents. Trying out for American Idol is not a job. If American Idol picks you and if you become a, a professional performer and you're booked into concert venues and you're booked into recording sessions, then, then it's a job and, and you'll make a lot of money. But auditioning is not a job. How is this even a case? What kind of facta lawyer would even take this? Well, I shouldn't even ask, because there's always someone, and obviously it's it's in the headlines because it's American Idol. She is saying, in addition to the fact that she worked and didn't get paid, that the judges made a laughing stock of her. That the judges and the show um sort of reaped the benefit, not the benefits, but they sort of they sort of got some viral, you know, exposure for, for her high pitched voice and for her behavior. Have you ever watched American Idol? I mean,
6: Mary by Tina Turner. I thought it was really like <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. Or- I would love
1: that too. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, she should have been paid for that. Obviously, how did they? How dare they steal that voice? No, I'm just saying, if you've ever watched any of these shows, I used to watch it. I haven't watched it in many, many years. But I, when it first came on, I watched it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the crazier you are, the more unusual looking you are, the weirder or more awkward your interaction with the judges, if you have a hissy fit, if you throw a tantrum when you're not selected to go forward, that is absolutely going to get you on the show and on the website and and, you know, clips that go viral. Yes! That's all baked into the cake, Normandy Vamos. Great name, by the way. Too bad she can't sing because that is a, that is a stage name right there. So I don't know. I mean, the reason I bring up the interns expecting to be paid is because there seems to be a, a disconnect that people have. See, you get paid in a job, not because it says J-O-B, but because you're actually Trading with your employer. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what a paycheck really is. It's really a transaction. It's a trade. It's not a one way street. You're giving them something of value and they're giving you something of value. And your value is your talent or your experience or your, what you create or that amazing way you have with customers or, you know, nobody can do this or do that like he can or she can. And, and, and in return, they pay you. So when you're starting out, just learning, it's it would be a one-way street if they were paying you. And if you're auditioning, it would be a one-way street if they're paying you. And I'm quite sure that when you go in, I've never auditioned, but I'm sure when you go in, you sign stuff and there's disclosures. And I'm sure they tell you right up front there, you're not getting anything for this. You're not going to get any money. I'm sure they tell you what the hours are. And you could also ask people that have been on the show if you wanted to know what to expect or what kind of time commitment you were making. You, You see these people lined up to be in these auditions. Clearly, they're dying to be on. And maybe it's not very nice of, of TV shows like American Idol, but I think they tap into the desperation people have to be famous. I think they've, they've, um, made a lot of hay off of that. I mean, you might think it's a little cruel or exploited, uh, exploitation, but, you know, people want to be on TV. They want to be famous. Everybody thinks they can sing. Everybody thinks they can act. And they, they're, uh, they made a show about that. I, I got to the point watching it where I realized the show is not about finding The next big singing star. The show is about all the people that flame out and go crazy and flip off the judges. That's the show. 210 599 5555. So we'll see how the lawsuit goes. Going for the big bucks. I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, This uh, girl did a TikTok. I made a TikTok video of um, how at HEB. They've got these um like themed I guess you would call them like bouquets or you know they're they're not flowers they're they're snack bouquets and they've got one that's like latina themed and it's got hot cheetos and takis and other you know spicy snacks and a toxica balloon here's what she said on tiktok
7: H-E-B I want to speak to you real quick So, y'all assuming that all Latinas like Cheetos? No. Also, y'all assuming that all Latinas are toxicas? Whatever. These are
1: good, though. These are good. (laughs) But those are good. I will eat these. I, but, and I think it was funny, but I, I do know, it made me, it, it reminded me, I guess I should say, that there are, there are people, right? And maybe you're one of them, and it's, it's okay, and there's no judgment here. There are people that really are aggravated by Valentine's Day. Maybe hate's too strong a word, but you know, you may be at a point in your life where you don't have a Valentine. You're, there's no likelihood you're going to have one. You're, you're aggravated by the incessant marketing everywhere you go. I mean, I, I I get it. I feel you, you know, and it's not like with, with other holidays, if you, if you're not feeling it, maybe you, you kind of hold your tongue because there's, Religion involved or national tradition. I mean I think it's safe to say that Valentine's Day is really a it's a marketing holiday, you know, it's it's it was created to sell stuff and it does and I, I'm okay if you're not feeling it. You can you can tell me that. two hundred ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It is um it is kind of crazy how fast the Valentine's Day stuff came out right after Christmas. Or actually, I think even before Christmas, right? And um everywhere I go, every store, and I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, like with Christmas shopping, if you do that, you probably shop for several people in your life, maybe your children, your spouse, other relatives, friends. It seems like there's a lot of Valentine's merchandise. Aren't you only buying one? I mean, you only have one Valentine, right? There's a lot of stuff. Stores are just packed. Stuff. 210 599 By the way, um, do like the fiery Cheetos. And I'm not a Latina either, so. Uh, did you hear that, um, this is kind of weird, a piece of the sun broke off? Speaking of hot and spicy. Scientists baffled this week after material broke off from the sun's surface and created a tornado-like swirl around the northern pole of the sun. Remarkable phenomenon caught by the James Webb Space Telescope. Um, It's not unprecedented, but it is unusual. They say it has something to do with the sun's magnetic field. Is it, though? Is that really what it is? Or is it a sign? Don Cooper, our producer, had a great line. I was telling him this, and he said, Oh, well, maybe that's what Joe Biden shot down off the... Off the coast. By the way, um, now that Biden is into shooting down balloons, remember when your kids were little and they'd get a balloon for like a birthday party or at the carnival or something, and you would tie the string. I have I have so many memories of doing this where where you get you can't just give a kid a balloon right, otherwise you're going to have tears in a few minutes. You, so you tie it around their wrist. That way they can let go of it and it's still there it's right there with them, but there's there's nothing like the sadness, there's nothing like the angst when a child lets go of a balloon, and off it goes, and sometimes you've already left the place where they were giving them, right? It's not like you can get another one, and now, see now when that happens, now, if you accidentally let go of a balloon, just tell your kids, just you know crouch down, get down to their level, and in a gentle easygoing, soothing voice. Just tell them not to worry because President Biden is going to shoot the balloon down. it will be okay. See, we have that going for us now. We didn't have that before. 210-599-5555. Also read that, um, remember we were talking about Cocaine Bear yesterday? They found... Three and a half tons of cocaine floating in the Pacific Ocean off New Zealand. A three and a half ton shipment of cocaine discovered by the authorities. No arrests have been made. The value is estimated at over $300 million. Maybe they should, you know, run like a lost and found ad. See who comes forward, because <laughs> you know somebody—you know somebody's missing it, right? It didn't uh, fall off the back of the truck. <music>
3: Beans and cornbread had a bite. Beans, Beans not cornbread, out of sight. Beans. Cornbread said, now
2: nah, that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. Beans. I'll be ready. I'll be ready tomorrow night. All right,
1: 607 on KTSA. Before this hour is up, we will have done two things. We will have the final results on the JR poll question about Valentine's Day. And we will have heard about some restaurants. What we hear about those restaurants is is up to you. This hour is up to you. We call this hour The Dish, and it is about your recent or most recent experience dining out. It could be in San Antonio. It could be outside San Antonio. It could be sitting in a restaurant. It could be driving through. It could be getting it delivered. It can be any kind of food, any kind of price. Yes, it can be a chain restaurant or a mom and pop hole in the wall or anything in between could be breakfast could be lunch could be dinner could be donuts could be snacks could be coffee 210-599-5555 all i ask is have the complete correct name of the restaurant and you can either praise or zing i'll give you a copy i'll give you a copy of the proposal (laughs) i tell you I, i enjoy conversion oh all right, you're a liar. 210-599-5555 will get you in here on the dish and uh, also get your votes in on the JR poll, which you can also do at KTSA.com. And uh, and by the way, if you want to email me, if it's easier to email me your your quick hit on the dish, that email address is jack at ktsa dot com. So <clears throat> One other thing to keep in mind is we're we're uh, coming up on Valentine's Day and um maybe you have a an idea maybe you have a place you like to go with your your person okay like really romantic spot gr- this is where we went on our first date or this is where we went to celebrate our anniversary or proposal or so people are look keep, i think people this going into this weekend are looking even more for ideas new places 210-599-5555 we'll take those calls on the dish um we were talking about Burt Backrack last night and if you missed that hour it's in the podcast for the February 9th episode ktsa.com Dionne warwick today uh, has said that losing Burt Backrack is like losing a family member. She said in a statement, um, I'm writing with sadness over the loss of my dear friend and my musical partner. We laughed a lot. We had our run-ins. Always found a way to let each other know. Our family, like Roots, were the most important part of the relationship. My heartfelt condolences go out to his family, letting them know he is now peacefully resting, and I, too, will miss him. Because as we said last night, although he worked with a lot of people and a lot of people recorded his songs, he wrote a lot of those songs with her in mind. And either she sang them or rejected them or sang them and they became a hit or sometimes they didn't. And then they turned up in somebody else's, you know, set or album. But yes, she, you, you could almost say that. Dion Warwick was was like a a, a focal point for him. I, I have to think a lot of the songs he wrote in his head. He was he was hearing her sing those words and hit those notes. And uh, he didn't write the words. Uh, Al David wrote the words. But um, just uh, you could, you probably couldn't have the story that we told you last night without Dion Warwick. So this has to be hard for her. And um, they had a big falling out at one point. I didn't get into this last night because it was mainly about him, but sometime in, I want to say, the 70s or 80s, they they uh, were actually suing each other. Um, and uh, they settled out of court, and they went many years without uh, speaking, and then they reunited and went right back to making great music together. In fact, right around the time that they did the That's What Friends Are For album, they had just patched things up. So 210-599-5555, as we talk restaurants on the dish, let's get started with Stephen on KTSA. Stephen, happy Friday.
8: Hi, Jack. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I just want to pray. The restaurant I went to last Sunday, um, Mm -hmm. they recently opened up on McCullen and 410. It's called Cheddar's. And I've been to Cheddar's before, but I had been to this new location, and it was amazing. The food was amazing. It was excellent. The service was just top-notch. Everybody was on their A-game. And it was very really quick. We walked in there. They were busy, but they sat us right away. And it uh, just has the neatest ambiance. The place is clean, just, you know, well, just really a nice atmosphere. Hmm. I didn't know there was one
1: over uh, at McCullough in 410. What is it in a place that used to be something else? Or?
8: Yes. It was the old TGI Fridays and uh, they tore that down and rebuilt this place. I think this has been open maybe a month probably, but um, it's really nice. It's in a good location where they get a lot of traffic, and um, I ended up having the, uh, I think it was the white fish on a bed of rice with baked potato and carrots, and it was just, everything was perfect, and it was like $13, so it was, you know, affordable. It Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. really a good meal.
1: That's good. Okay, so that's right across from North Star Mall then, right?
8: Exactly. Across from that hotel, uh, Stompsy or whatever, uh, next to Chick-fil-A.
1: Very good. All right. Praise for... It's been a while since we had a call on Cheddar's, so, Stephen, I'm glad you called with that. Thank you. Praise for Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, uh, 31 Northeast Loop 410, across the highway from North Star Mall. I remember that Friday's location. I didn't know they had torn that down, so now that's at Cheddar's. Okay. And there's a couple of others around town, too. There's one on I-10, and uh, there's one up in Selma. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, you can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience on the dish with a call, just like Stephen did. Mark is next on the radio. Happy Friday night, Mark.
9: Hey, happy Friday to you, Jack. Um, we went for the first time this past weekend to a place called Out of the Way Cafe in Lake Hills, Texas. And most people have probably never heard of Lake Hills, but it's, um, I live in North Holotus. It's a 25-minute drive from where I live, so for most people it would be a little bit longer. Um, but it's um, it's, like a, it's kind of like a country diner, nothing fancy at all. It's, it's uh, kind, of, kind of an older building. My wife, uh, my wife and I were both in the mood for burgers, so we got their burgers. We thought they were both great. My, my wife got what they call the brunch burger. It comes with a single patty, an egg, and shredded hash browns. And cheese, I believe it had cheese on it too, and um she got the fried okra as a side dish, and she said it was the best fried okra she'd ever had <laughs> and wow. that that plate was eleven dollars I think it was sixty cents extra for the to upgrade to the okra. I got the double burger and fries, and it was very good and they're also a um they're also a coffee shop, so you can get you can just go in and get a latte or a americano or or you can order it with your food mm-hmm. like we did. Mm-hmm and um they told us that they're that they're kind of known for their meatloaf so i'm going to try the meatloaf the next time i go
1: wow so it's kind of like a is it would you say it's like a diner menu
9: yes yeah
1: okay burgers and meatloaf and things like that and then and then they also have coffee drinks and stuff like that is it a big place or a small place or
9: um, I mean, it's probably about the size of a diner. Like I said, it's an older building. Um, the drive out there is nice. You, if you go up uh, Highway 16, a little bit past 211, there's a little road called um, uh, Park Road 37, mm-hmm. and it's a windy road through the hill country, and uh, it's about 11 miles uh, down 37, uh, that that State Road 37, whatever it's called, um, to get there. When, once you get to Lake Hills, there's not much else to see. It's kind of like driving through. Pipe Creek. If you've ever done that, <laughs> there's just not a whole lot to see. <laughs> but the the drive there—it's a, there, it's it's a like spot
1: there. on the map, as they say, right?
9: Yeah, I mean the, the drive there is nice. There's just not a lot no. to see. There's no there's no city hall. There's no town square. Right. It's just right. just a bunch of lots with houses on
1: them. Very good that that sounds like a very, that sounds like a cool ride and uh, and a cool place to get to after the ride. So it's called Out of the Way Cafe, eleven eight sixteen Park Road thirty seven in Lake Hills, Texas. That's our first call on the dish for Out of the Way Cafe. Mark, thank you. Have a good night. Have a good weekend. Felicity is on the radio. Hi, Felicity. Happy Friday.
10: Happy Friday to you.
1: So what do you got?
10: Well, I'm calling to praise Shanghai out in University on Pat Booker.
1: Oh, okay. Tell me about it.
10: It's the actually the second time that I've gone there. We went, I went there on a date with my husband, and then I decided to go ahead and take my mother there last week. And the reason why I'm praising it is because after Ah Dang shut down, I haven't been able to find a decent Asian restaurant. And when my husband took me, I was impressed with the food there. It's really, really good food.
1: Hmm. First of all, I had not heard that Ah Dang shut down. I'm sorry to hear that. I liked that place.
10: Yeah, that place was my. That place was phenomenal. And it really was,
1: yeah. Oh, that's too bad. So, w- what is good at Shanghai? Like, if I was going to go for the first time because you're recommending it, what would be the best thing to get?
10: Batter fried fish. My mom got the batter fried fish, and she absolutely loved it. Um okay. I I've had. Let's see their signature dishes. They've got a list of signature dishes, and I had. Mm-hmm. I think it was the happy family or the, oh, yeah. I don't remember yeah. the exact that it was called. I think it was called the happy family and it's got a little bit of everything in it. It's great right. sampler to get just to kind of try a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And their general so's chicken is really, really good. Um, their hot and sour soup is over the top. It's very, very good. And it's, it competes with odd Dangs 100%. Um, and their portions are always good, but, uh, there, the one thing that I will say is their kung pao chicken. I had to ask for extra vegetables. I asked for uh, an extra portion of broccoli mm-hmm. to come with it, just because I wanted mm-hmm. some extra vegetables with it.
1: Mm. Well, you know what? I'm uh, I admire that you wanted extra vegetables because that is probably the one thing I I would not have missed. But um, <laughs> but but that's but it's good to get vegetables. You, we we need our vegetables. Uh, Shanghai Chinese restaurant 2935 Pat Booker Road. Felicity says it's great. Thank you, Felicity. Have a good weekend and, and, and thank you for calling. That's a, another first call on the dish. Um, in fact, uh, the last two, uh, both Shanghai and Out of the Way Cafe. Those are first time calls on the dish. 210-599-5555. And Zach is on the radio. Zach, happy Friday night.
5: Happy Friday to you too, Jack.
1: So what is up?
5: So, so I'm calling about the melting pot. My wife and I have kind of made it a tradition to go there for Valentine's Day. This year we went a little early because they have a set menu for Valentine's Day, and it's always super busy, but they're really, really good about taking care of you, even if it's really busy. But we decided not to deal with the crowds and just go to the earlier uh, go to something you know uh, yesterday, and right. they were amazing, like they always are, and so good about you know putting rose petals on the table, and they always go all out at the melting pot. I've never had a bad experience there.
1: And that's the place that's fondue, right? That's a fondue restaurant.
5: Yes, yeah, it's, it's the fondue restaurant.
1: What would somebody need to know if they've never had that? If they've never been to a place like that, walk me through it. What do you need to know?
5: Um, I mean, come hungry. Cause like we always have a hard time finishing it and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it does take a little longer than a regular meal. You'll probably be there. I think we were there for about two and a half hours. all mm-hmm. told. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, you can go for either just the cheese and the dessert course or all three courses. Um, but for Valentine's Day, they have like a four court set menu thing that we usually do, but skip this year.
1: Gotcha. gotcha All right so but that's your that's kind of your when you want a date night or a special occasion that's your that's your destination.
5: Yeah, they're really good about um, and any special instructions you can call and leave any special instructions with the you know for the reservation and they're really good about just going all out to make sure that you have a excellent experience.
1: That's great. Well, happy uh, Valentine's Day in advance. Now, what are you actually? What are you two actually going to do on Valentine's Day?
5: Uh, honestly, probably just hang out at home because um, we work a lot, so yeah. probably just gonna yeah. put the kids to bed early and maybe watch a movie. There you go.
1: That can be the best. That can be the best kind. Well, happy Valentine's Day to both of you, Zach. Thank you for calling tonight and praise for the melting pot. 14855 Blanco Road. 14855 Blanco. It's uh, down there between 1604 and Bitters, the melting pot. All right, 210 599 5555. Matt is on the dish on KTSA. Happy Friday, Matt.
11: Hey, happy Friday, Jack. Uh, great to be on the show and always love to listen to, to all the zings and praises.
1: Well, thank you for calling. What do you have for us tonight?
11: So I'm calling about a small place uh, near the medical center. It's called Chef's Table, Turkish Mediterranean Grill. It's just a little hole in the wall. If you're going Babcock towards 410 from the VA medical center area, it's right before. And if you don't know it's there, you're going to drive past it. You're going to see a little shopping center there. Um but basically, I've got a friend from Egypt. We were looking for some Middle Eastern food, and he said, "All my Turkish friends, this is where they go." And we went there, and a couple weeks ago, had the most incredible meal. Just a nice uh, sort of setting of a, a good variety, and um, i tonight swung by there, got them to go again. Friendly service, food's hot, fresh. The vegetables are right there at the counter. They make everything fresh right there, and I have to say, the meat quality, everything was just superb.
1: Is there a particular dish you'd recommend for a first timer?
11: Oh, definitely. you got to try the mixed grill. Um, so they've got a mixed grill for one or two. I mean, honestly, it's hard for one person to finish all the mixed grill for one, and two would definitely serve, you know, three or four, depending on what you got. But uh, it's just kind of a nice blend. It's got a Turkish salad, it's got a couple of Picking varieties, uh, some lamb, beef, um, but I'm pretty picky about the lamb, and I have to say, this is just the flavor is fabulous, and and they really they really do it well. And the service is friendly, they're all friendly, and uh, just had to have a wanted to put a shout out for them because I know yeah. it's a small place, and if you haven't tried it, definitely worth it.
1: Oh, I'm definitely going to try. That sounds fantastic. All right, Chef's Table Mediterranean Grill, Chef's Table Turkish Mediterranean Grill, fifteen forty six babcock road matt have a great night thank you sir thank you for calling the dish 210-599-5555 on ktsa sandra's on the radio happy friday night
6: happy friday night um y'all need to try la gardenia's on pine street it's a great little mexican restaurant it has a great bakery i've never had anything bad there
1: oh you have a favorite thing to get there when you go
6: um, I do the enchiladas poblano or I just do regular enchiladas.
1: Okay. Is it a small place, big place? What would you say?
6: It's a, it's a small place. It's right before Fort Sam. It's right there in that area where where the entrance of Fort Sam. It's right off mm-hmm. of Pine and Carson. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
6: but it, it's always packed. The, they have fresh bakery items coming out all the time. I mean, I take, I work in the medical industry and I'll, I'll take snacks back to the case managers at Sammy and
1: they all love that place. Oh wow. So you've got so they also have like like pastries and things too?
6: Uh-huh. Yeah, they have Wow. cookies, cookies um little pig. I mean they have a ton of stuff to choose from
1: in their bakery. Wow. That that's boy that really does sound good. Looks like they're open every day but Sunday, 6 to 2. 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Taco La Gardeña, 1805 North Pine Street. Sandra you did a great job describing it. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Taco La Gardeña, 1805 North Pine. Another first-timer on the dish. Right now, grab a line, tell me about lunch, dinner, coffee, dessert, drive through whatever. It could be in San Antonio, it could be outside San Antonio, 210-599-5555. I was happy to hear this. Um, the Canadian, the big Canadian coffee and donut uh, company that basically is like the the Dunkin' Donuts of Canada, it's called Tim Hortons, uh, they're going to build uh, actual locations uh all over Texas, including San Antonio. They're gonna build several here. It's good coffee if you've ever had it. And I think there's a couple of places that serve their coffee like in the restaurant. I think Burger King does it and maybe some other places do. And you can buy it at places that sell coffee and stuff like that. But but I think I think people will really like Tim Hortons. If you like Dunkin' Donuts, if you're looking for a Starbucks alternative, it'll be good when they when they get here. Uh, 210-599-5555, and uh, Sylvia is next on The Dish on KTSA. Hi, Sylvia.
12: Hi, Jack. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing tonight?
12: Good. So my most recent experience, which was about 15 minutes ago, I'm driving wow. from Austin back home to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. hit heavy traffic, exited mm-hmm. the freeway site. I'm just going to stop by the first place I see, and I saw Huegos Tortilla Grill. I had seen it before. There's one on UTSA, but I had never stopped. It kind of looked like a fancy Mexican restaurant. I'm like, I'm Mexican. I, I cook food, so I'm not going to stop by a restaurant. But anyways, I stopped by this one. Delicious. It's actually mm. fast food. It's not a restaurant at all. And uh, it's open 24-7. I had the tortilla soup and the rock star taco, which is a beef taco with uh, chipotle corn. And uh, mm. and fried avocado, super delicious. Under ten dollars is what I paid, so I actually got out there cheaper than I would have if I would have stopped by a Taco Bell. And I just thought it was excellent.
1: Now I know the one on UTSA Boulevard, but where is the one? You, where exactly is the one you're talking about?
12: So San Marcos. Is, uh, In
1: San Marcos, okay. Yeah. Do you, you don't happen to remember which exit it was, do you?
12: Uh, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I just texted okay. it. I just got tired
1: of the traffic. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I've done that many times uh, where you're just like, you know what? If I'm going to be sitting, I'm not going to be sitting what? in traffic, right? I'll sit somewhere else. 913 North Interstate 35 in San Marcos, Fuego Tortilla Grill. So you said the Rockstar Taco and you liked the tortilla soup. Yes.
12: Under $10, oh, right. for those both items. It's really good.
1: Excellent. We'll check that out. Sylvia, have a great weekend. Have a great Valentine's you Day. Too, Thank too, you for the call. Um, yeah, I'm looking here. We've had a lot of calls about Fuego, but they've all been at the UTSA location. Um, I believe that one is 24 hours and uh, I'm looking. They're all praise calls, uh, big, t- big size tacos. Somebody mentioned they have one called the Dr. Pepper cowboy, smoked brisket onions, Chipotle cream corn, Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce. Um, so they all have like names. There's the South Padre, uh she had the rock star. So two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five on the dish on KTSA as we talk restaurants. And um is it Jamie or Jaime? I can't can't read it here. Jaime. Jaime Jaime, Jaime welcome to the show. Happy Friday.
13: Happy Friday to you too. I'm calling about three seventy five Social Kitchen on an uh Argo, or I can't say the name. It's in Selma, right at the rim. I don't know if you ever been there. It's three seventy five Social Kitchen. Hmm. And, no, uh, I haven't. Pretty, it's 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 actually pretty good. It's like a they had good lumpias for the appetizer. We had uh we made the mistake and ordered a walk of a, what was it? Lo mein with chicken, lo mein with vegetables, and the walk. I mean, they actually bring you a walk to your table, and it was only two of us. And we had, a fry, uh, like, a fried chicken sandwich there. Um, they have a drink. We didn't drink it, but I just was freaked out. It was a, a mule. I'm not a big, heavy drinker, but it's, like, a Russian mule or something. It's a real big drink. It's like, you can share it among four people. The lumpias <laughs> were, like, really wow. good. I love yeah. The lumpias were really, really good. Um, yeah. um, and I go anywhere for lumpias, but that's one I'm going to go back. So nice little, it's in, like, a Sweet 200. It's um the... Street is A-G-O-R-A.
1: Oh, Agora Parkway. And, um, yeah, okay. I see it. Yeah.
13: Yeah, it's it's right there at the rim. And it, I mean, we we're going to go back for the different dishes. They have a lot, they have a variety. They have a nice little bar set up and everything. It, it was really, we went on a Friday evening thinking it was going to be real packed, but it was like halfway but it was real the the staff was really friendly yeah uh, very attentive and just the, the portions of the food were really good for what we paid for the prices weren't bad at all um you know especially when, look we thought we were going to pay a lot more but it was very reasonable mm-hmm. so yes you
1: know i'm, I'm of first things. of all i'm amazed i'm amazed that i had never heard of it because i'm looking at the menu and this is really something so the lumpia yeah. those yeah. are like um those are like almost like no, no. uh egg rolls spring or rolls. spring yes. rolls yeah okay And then I think that's Filipino, right? I think that's a Filipino dish, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm looking here at the menu and they've got they've got Asian food, they've got burgers, they've got meatloaf. That's crazy.
13: Yeah, so you can get whatever you want. I mean, and they have like a they do like even like a family, like if you reserve like they'll do a big portion for everybody. So it's like, you know, you can do like a family style thing. Um I'm not too sure if they're like they advertise that much but like you can set up a party and be there and they'll just bring everything out that you want and I mean it was really the flavor was great it it wasn't overbearing or nothing it was just what we needed and we found it we found it and we're like man we're going to come back more often and stuff so yes definitely go to give it a try
1: Is it near anything like uh, is there something that people would ha- that would help people find it like is there yeah, a big store yeah. near it or
13: so it's like in the rim like I think the Home Depot's right kinda by it. Um I know there's now you can say in the rim right but now. I think you mean
1: you mean the forum, right? You mean the forum. The right?
13: forum, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry, oh, okay. so yeah, the forum. It's so there's a Home Depot there. So we when we went we went to um thirty five north, exit 604, did the turnaround right. and it's right like right there by where like when you go into like the Home Depot Gotcha. It's right in that area right there. So it it's right off the highway. It's kind of in a building. It's hidden away. Like honestly, if we didn't see a video of it, we would have never known about it. And when we went, we're like, wow, like we're coming back to this place. And we drove from the other side of town just to go there. So it it was it's worth it to go and check it out. I I think everybody should check it out. It's really nice. That
1: that's amazing. I'm looking at the website too. It looks like they started with a food truck. And now yep. they have this this restaurant which looks great. 8124 Agora Parkway in the Forum. It's called 375 Social Kitchen. I'll tell you what, honey, yeah. because okay. you called, I'm definitely going to check this out. I got to I got to see what Very this is all about. I'm fascinated. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. Party.
5: Thank God it's Well, you know, listen. We spy on them, they spy on us. We find out stuff, they find out stuff. You know, and the world keeps going around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
10: oh,
1: oh, 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 man. Jr. Poll. we asked you, do you celebrate Valentine's Day? It's coming up Tuesday, in case you're wondering. Uh, do you celebrate Valentine's Day? 58% said yes. 42% said no. And we'll have a new question come Monday when we get started live at 4, or you can find the JR Poll anytime at KTSA.com. And Debbie is on the dish on KTSA. Hi, Debbie.
7: Hi. Um, happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday, Debbie.
7: I have a, a new favorite restaurant. Okay. It's Chicken Salad Chick.
1: Okay. Tell me about it.
7: Um, so it started in this lady's kitchen in Alabama and it's spread nationwide. It's, it's really awesome chicken salad. Um, so I, I ate there for lunch today. I ate there for lunch yesterday and I ate there for their grand opening for lunch on Wednesday. So I've eaten there the last three days. It's awesome.
1: Is it just chicken salad?
7: They have chicken salad, egg salad, pimento cheese. They have, um, today I tried the mac and cheese. It was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nice nice and creamy the way I like it. Um, Yesterday I had their chicken tortilla soup. It was awesome. Um, Let's see, the first day I had, um, so you can either get a scoop of the chicken salad with crackers, or you can get a sandwich made with it, either on white or wheat bread, and then you get a side. So, um, and all of the chicken salads, they're, they're mixed with different ingredients, so they, they're all real flavorful and fresh, and um, they're all named after female names. So the first day I had the one that the Carol, And then the second day, uh, yesterday, I had the Olivia, and today I had the Nancy. Mm. And it was, um, all three of them were fantastic. Nice. And And, and where
1: where uh, is it, it Debbie? Where is it located?
7: Okay. So uh, Stone Oak and 281, um, you go like you're going to the Olive Garden and the Longhorn Steakhouse, but you keep Mm -hmm. going past here. Um, there's a Pete Perry's, uh just north of the Longhorn and Olive okay. Garden, and then you keep going north of there, and that's where the chicken salad chick is. So it's
1: so is it, it, it's, it's across, across the. It's, it trees. sounds like it sounds like it might be across the highway from that that uh, TPC shopping center area, right?
5: Yes, the village is okay. thrown out. Right, exactly. Okay.
1: It's Beautiful
7: away from that.
1: Okay, so two eighty one north of Stone Oak.
7: Salad,
1: great great. salad is great. Chick salad chick. First San Antonio location. Yes, chicken chick salad. salad chicken, chicken salad chick. chick. Okay. Chicken salad chick. Salad Thank chick. you. Thank you, Debbie. Wanna get that right? Uh twenty-two eight thirty one. I think she's still talking. Twenty-two eight thirty-one, highway two eighty one. North of the Stone Oak Parkway intersection. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you to everybody. So that who called the dish? That yes. leads me to think. What is called the Karen? Oh, see, don't. No, don't. No, oh, we can't go. There. Don't. You're trying to. you You know. I know what you're trying to do, and you know why I can't mm-hmm. take the bait there. Mm-hmm. You know I can't do that. Because Karen and Uvalde might be listening. <laughs> I mean, the one time I. The one time I break this rule, she'll be listening. I'm not going to do that. Probably the Karen. (laughs) See, you're taking the... (laughs) I can't help myself. (laughs) Whenever you order it, you always send it back. Oh, I did it. I'm sorry. I couldn't... I've been so good for so long. I gave in. I couldn't do it anymore. I weakened. (laughs) When you, when you order the Karen, you ask to see a manager. I'm sorry. All right. I'll stop. Enough. It's your fault, Don. I was doing fine. I was just fine. I've been fine for years. Um, that does sound good though. That place sounds good. I mean, I like, you know, I love chicken salad and this, not a lot of restaurants that have it anywhere on the menu. So a place that's like themed chicken salad egg salad and pimento cheese, those are all, those are my kind of comfort foods. And she said they'd give it to you with crackers. It's like, Man, I could live there. Uh, by the way, speaking of food and Super Bowl, uh, weekend, I saw some interesting numbers. If you just, if you get stuck for a conversational topic, maybe uh, during the commercials or the halftime, it says that we will eat 13 million pizzas during the Super Bowl. I mean, we, you and I won't, but nationwide, 13 million pizzas will be eaten during the Super Bowl. And according to the National Chicken Council, which sounds like a fun group, uh we will consume one point four billion chicken wings. So thirteen million pizzas, one point four billion chicken wings. And nobody will weigh themselves on Monday morning. That's my prediction. Speaking of predictions, uh if you missed it, uh Christian Blood, our producer Don Cooper, yours truly, we all picked Kansas City. Not that I, I'll be happy to see either team win. Somebody asked me today if I have a favorite. I really like both of these teams, and I'm just going to watch it for the entertainment value. I'm not, not pulling for one or the other, but I predict KC, may the best team win. Hope you have a great weekend, whatever you do. Come back, see us on Monday at 4, or find our podcast anytime, the Jack Riccardi Show.